Um, before I start, I just really felt during the worship, and obviously it's, it ties in the worship, but sometimes we need to specifically hear the words from God. And I just felt God say that if you want to change the world and if you want to change you know, your, the world around you, the circumstances around you, trust the process. So trust the process in him, spending time with him, falling in love with him, getting to know him, being filled with him, meeting together, corporate worship, private worship. Just trust the process because things happen and, and this, you know, this is what I'm going to say today, things happen in God's presence. It's like sometimes we can just whiz around and think, oh yeah, job done, tick, you know, done something, you know, made a prayer or whatever, I prayed for that person, ticked it off. You know, and you know, sometimes reality life is like that and, and you know, that's not bad, you know, you're just that's part of trusting the process, isn't it? And you know, God just encourages us that, you know, we see big need around us and if we want to be part of changing that, just trust the process, his processes. Right, okay, so today is Galatians five. Well, bits of it. So I'm just going to read, like, bits of it. And, okay, so the first bit, that first verse um, is, let me just read it, right? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm-hmm. So for freedom. No other reason other than to be free. He wants us to be free. Right? Mm-hmm. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And we've talked about that over the weeks, about, you know, trying to do things, um, trying to please God, trying to, you know, jump through the hoops and all the tick boxes. And it's like, you know, God's done the work. He doesn't want us to do that. And if we go back to that, then it's kind of making a bit of a laughing stock of everything. So the bit that we're concentrating on today is life by the Spirit. Okay, so from verse 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. That's, um, sorry, that really, like, that's crazy. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. So... And then it goes on to say, so, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Mm. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. Right? But I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So, right, the entire law being fulfilled by keeping one command. Okay, but we know that we can't fulfil the law, only Jesus can. So why does it say the entire law is fulfilled by keeping one command? There's got to be more to it. So, another verse that I found, this is in 1 Peter 1. 
Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not confirm to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he called you, just sorry, just as he who called you is holy, so be, excuse me, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from your heart. So, two things I always like to ask. Like, so what's our part in it and what's God's part? So while it's pointless trying to do things in our own strength, God did give us a command and an action, so we must do something. So what must we do and how do we do it in his strength and not in our own? And what does that even mean? Like sometimes, you know, like when you hear people saying, it's like, oh, you know, I've got to do it in God's strength. It's like, how do you know that you're doing it in God's strength? Is it just because it feels easy, but sometimes we do things and it's the right thing to do and it's not easy and it doesn't feel like it's in God's strength. Do you see where I mean with that? It's how do we actually know if we're doing it in God's strength? And I think that's where trust the process comes into play. You know, if you know it's God's process, just trust that he knows what he's doing and he will get you there. So, have you ever thought or had a conversation about the fruits of the Spirit along the lines of, like, oh yeah, he definitely needs a whole lot more patience. Or I'm quite a kind sort of person, so I'm not too bad there, but I definitely need to work on self-control. Have you ever had that sort of thought or conversation? Because I admit that I have. Um, so, hang on two ticks. Or, so like perhaps like me, you can have times when you feel like you've run out of patience, you've lost your joy, you're not acting like a man or woman of peace, and being gentle towards that annoying person feels like it is physically impossible as you really wanted to give them a piece of your mind, or let the world know how wrong they are, or let their tyres down. Okay, that is a confession there, a slight confession. Right. But you get the picture, right? <laughs> Sometimes we're just not on it, are we? So, and then there's sometimes like when we're in physical pain, or we're tired, or we're hungry, or hangry, as people say, or seriously stressed out, and it's really hard to so-called bear fruit at that time. Like you're much more likely in moments of weakness and vulnerability to snap at someone, pass a rude remark, lose your temper, pop out a swear word or a few. Um, and your behaviour, even though you might be able to hide it from a few people around you, you know, inside you know that it's much less than what you desired it to be or you know that it should be. And then you might end up beating yourself up internally because you know that you sort of think, like, oh, I'm such a rubbish Christian. Or you might think, I'll blow it and pass clearing now anyway because you've got the ump or you might be completely oblivious to it. Right? So back to God's one command, love your neighbour as yourself. And just notice, it doesn't say, like, with the exception of really super annoying people or slow drivers. <laughs> we're still... We're still okay, that's... <laughs> there is, if they're slow, you can drive right up there. <laughs> Beep! <laughs> okay, so, be holy. So what's our part and what's God's part, okay? So that we know that we're not under the law and we have freedom and we know that all things are permissible but not everything's beneficial and we know that we don't have to be perfect for God to love us but we have a desire, don't we, deep down, a desire and a strive to live in the way that pleases him. 
So on asking yourself this question, is there room for improvement? Um, from me, <laughs> yes, massive, massive room for improvement. So you know you get those people, right? Have you ever felt challenged or inspired by someone whose behaviour seems to be so much better than yours? Right, they're more gentle, they're more patient, they're more kind, they don't react in the same way that you do when something happens. Um, you know, they don't swear or, you know, they don't shout at people, they're much more forgiving. Have you ever judged that person and thinking, well, it's a lot easier for you because you're not married to someone like I am or your kids don't behave like how my kids behave like or you've got a different job, you've got a different life, it's much easier for you to kind of bear fruits of the spirit because you don't have the same struggles that I have. You know, you've got more money, so you don't get so stressed out. And your personality is a bit different. You're a much more gentle person. I'm gobby and loud, you know, it's like, I can't do that. So, you know, sometimes we meet those people. I've got a cousin-in-law that really challenged me one time and, you know, and he had a right to be angry and he probably had a right to say something bad back and speak bad, but, he was so gentle and so, wouldn't say a bad word. Um, not, not even a single, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. It's like, oh yeah, I don't think I would react like that. You know, he was really, I was really challenged. But I also did think, well, you're not stressed out as me. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't go there, okay? It's work in progress, trust the process, okay? So should we challenge ourselves to live higher standards of holiness? Do you think we should? <coughs> that was a question. <laughs> and, yeah, we should, shouldn't we? We should. We should. Should we challenge ourselves or encourage each other? Should we bring things up and address things with each other when we see things that are not quite right in how we behave or speak and act to one another? Should we bring that up? So, yeah, we should. We should. We should do it in love and gentleness and in humbleness. And should we give permission to each other as a family and to people close to us to challenge us you know to say look if you see anything in me that is just like not godly behavior you know pull me up pull me up on my language if you know if you catch me out with you know language that's just not so nice or you know if you end up gossiping a little bit it's like should we give permission to one another to sort of step in and just say look hey it's not the best way you know to, to do that if we say something unkind or sarcastic to someone and somebody else hears it you know, we should, as a family, in love and humbly, we should be able to, Amen. you know, address that in one another. We should definitely challenge ourselves and strive to live a holy lifestyle. But what's our part and what's God's part in all of this? So, you know, our part is, yeah, we do that. But this, I've got this example. Let me give you this example because God explained this to me and it felt like really helpful. So, you know, You've got that example people often give about, um, you know, becoming a Christian. Getting into heaven is like having to pass 100% on a test. Have you heard that example before? It's like, you know, you can't get the 100%, so Jesus gets the 100% for you, and then you get into heaven, okay? So take that a bit further, and think of it like this, like being in a classroom, like you're back at school, okay? The teacher has passed the test for you and kept the examiners off your back. We've passed that exam without even opening up a book and before we've even stepped into the classroom, we've been given a pass. The pressure is off and whether we know the stuff or not, we pass. And whether we're good at it or not, we still pass. It's the equivalent of like a little kid 
just been awarded a PhD in nuclear physics. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that's what Jesus has achieved for us. He's achieved a crazy pass for us, you know, to be acceptable to God. So in this imaginary classroom, as the child grows up, they need to learn some stuff. Okay? So they've just been awarded a PhD. So they should at least learn to count or something or read. Okay? So <laughs> I believe this is how the classroom of holiness works, right? The pressure is off. We've already been qualified. And now it's time to learn to walk in holiness just as the teacher, just like the teacher, you know, has done the teachers already there. But in a place where we will not be ridiculed for getting it wrong. So as we grow and mature in God, we get to have a go. We get some things right and we get some things wrong, but we can feel good about it and we can achieve stuff. And he celebrates with us. But it is not our contribution that makes the 100% score that we've already been uh, credited with. Okay? Other areas are hard and seem really impossible, but as we've discussed, we do not stop bothering to master that area because it's too hard, do we? So, no, we challenge ourselves to learn, we develop and we achieve, knowing that the pressure is off of us and we keep going to work towards a 100% score because we know it's what he wants and he has given us everything that we need to achieve it. We may go on to make a real mess of things because of our lack of knowledge or abilities, but he doesn't get angry with us. We struggle, with, we may struggle, so we're feeling like stupid and ashamed, but he's so patient and then he tries another way to explain it. And that's probably why we have so many life lessons. You know, those times when you think, oh my gosh, we're going around the mountain again. <laughs> we've got to learn this one. Because he never gives up on getting us to that 100%. And nor is there ever, ever a slight glimpse of anger when we don't get it right. And he's never disappointed in us when we miss the mark. He's disappointed for us, which is something completely different. He's never disappointed with us. But he's disappointed for us because he knows what it does to us. And how often, you know, when we mess things up, how we feel dejected and ashamed and we want to hide. You know, like Adam and Eve, they messed up and they tried to hide from God. You know, he's disappointed for us because it kind of the enemy will then often give us grief and remind us of our failings. I don't know if you go through that, that wow, wow, wow voice, you're this, you're that, you know, you can't even do this. And it's like, look at your behaviour there, call yourself a Christian and stuff. And he's disappointed for what it exposes us to. And how we play it out in our heads and sometimes hate ourselves for it. Okay? And how sometimes we even put the blame on other people for our behaviour. It's like the reason that I'm like this is because you said this and you did that or you're like this. And so what else do you expect? I'm not a saint. <laughs> heard that one before. Um, so our part in it is to position ourselves close to the teacher and pay attention in the classroom. So it's like it's to abide in him and it's to trust and obey him. It's to trust the process. Amen. So we can't make fruit grow on us. Yeah. Like Jamie often tells that story like you know, a little apple tree sort of like mm, bear fruit. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like something rude there but um, <laughs> you know you can't an apple tree can't make itself bear fruit. Two mm. ticks. We can only position ourselves. And we can make choices to not pick up bad fruit and choose and try not to walk in. 
not holy, but sometimes that's beyond our control as we looked after. Often when you're squeezed, when you're stressed, when you're squeezed out, what's inside pops out, doesn't it? Often through our mouths or through our actions, yeah. you know, and through unkind thoughts or whatnot. Okay? So the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes from being fed by the goodness of God and by the grace it kind of flows through our veins by his presence oozing through every cell like in our body okay, as we abide in him so we're in him and he is us in us sorry so our part to play is to walk by the spirit and to be led by the spirit and to live by the spirit and to keep in step with him that bit from verse 16 I'll just remind us of it it says so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified in flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit and let's not become conceited and provoking and envying each other. So we need to trust that process, that as we spend time with him, as we grow in intimacy, as we fall in love and allow ourselves to be loved by him and allow ourselves to grow in the capacity to receive his love, things happen. Yes. And there's this really interesting, that you know I'm a bit of a science nerd, right? So scientific discoveries have discovered that by petting a dog, the, uh, the human and the dog both experience an increase in the release of oxytocin, which is a hormone that induces anti-stress-like effects on our bodies, such as like it lowers our blood pressure, lowers cortisol levels, increases our pain threshold, and promotes healing and growth. Right? It's amazing, and loads of other positive things. So the human's done nothing except for pet a dog. So get a dog, everyone. We've <laughs> got high blood pressure. <laughs> Um, sometimes the dog actually does increase the blood pressure at other times <laughs> when they pee on the carpet. But generally speaking, okay. So that's just that's so easy. You know, something has happened to our bodies and had a positive effect and has a positive effect on our minds and everything. So can you imagine how much more living in the daily affections of God and having a constant awareness of him and yeah. falling in love and being in love and growing in love will have an effect on our bodies? on our minds, our decision-making, our beliefs, our emotions, everything has such a, an impact. And so we need to trust the process. He's very wise, isn't he, when he says, abide in me, you know, and surrender, and trust, Amen. and obey him. Okay, so we need to trust that process because we are changed in his presence from glory to glory. And whether we see it or not, believe it or not, or it feels like it or not, he changes us in his presence. He's yes. a proactive God and things happen. So corporately together, we had an amazing time in worship. It's like stuff has happened in the spiritual atmosphere, in our minds, in our bodies, to our health. You know, it's going to, that time in his presence today is going to have a positive impact on the world around us, on the people that we're going to go to speak to this afternoon. Right? And I love thinking, I know I've said this before, but I really love thinking about what Jesus carried, like when he was on earth, you know, and he was sort of rounding up his disciples. 
And what happened to people, those guys in his presence, when he says to them, hello, <laughs> give up your job and come follow me. And then they say, yeah, all right. It's like, who does that? You know, without, like, I don't know, like loads of research, who are you, what does it mean, what am I, what's going to happen, and stuff like that. Something connected between the two of them, Jesus and the disciple, and, it, and they're like, yeah, all right. You know, something changed. Mm. It's like these guys weren't wealthy and they had families and, you know, they had, they had to earn money. They were, you know, the, the tax, whoever's going on, you know, was really sort of squeezing them for every penny and they didn't have a lot of fun. So it's like, and then they say, yeah, all right, okay, I'll do it. It's yeah. like, that's nuts. Very. So this whole kind of keeping in step with the spirit and um, I've got to give you this example okay but I'm uh, so when I was um, okay I'm not very sporty as you could probably tell um, but I'm a little bit competitive and so when I was a kid my aunt and uncle they their group of churches they had these sports days every year and so my sister and I would go so I'm like primary school age like eight nine sort of that sort of age and um, hang on so I didn't win any of the races or anything like that. But when it comes to the three-legged race, right, and, and, you know, see people, I don't know, I think I might have been a little bit... I was bossy, all right? I was really bossy, and my sister would say probably quite controlling. But anyway, but that's not what Holy Spirit was like. Anyway, so I worked out that if we could be in step, if we would, you know, work together, and if she would trust me, we could do the three-legged race. You know what the three-legged race is? Yeah. Yeah, you tie your legs together and you've got, and, um, you know, you've got grown-ups doing it and they're laughing and they're falling on the floor and, you know, kids, you know, just trying to have a go. Anyway, so we mastered this three-legged race, but she had to get close to me. We didn't particularly get on at the time, but we had to put our arms around each other. She had to put her arm around me and she had to just trust me. She didn't understand it. She's two and a half years younger than me. It didn't really work out and I just thought, as long as she does what I say, we can do this. And for a few years, we nailed it. We nailed that race, and we ran, and we ran fast. Well, not you know as fast as you can in a three-legged race, like when you're that age. Because um, everybody else was just like not together, not working together, you know, just being whatever. But we 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 ran it. But she had to trust me, and she had to get close to me, you know. And that's like it is with with Holy Spirit. It's like you've got to get close, and you've got to constantly be close. And you've got to constantly trust. Yes. And, you know. Right. So, this one command that fulfills the law, which is love your neighbour as yourself. Mm. And then, in Peter, you know, the sincere love for each other and have love, love one another deeply from the heart and serve one another humbly. It's like, how are we to achieve this? And how are we to love each other sincerely and deeply? How are we to love our neighbour sincerely and deeply? And how do we love annoying people and slow drivers sincerely and deeply, Tim? <laughs> okay. And it's simple. It's, this, it's simple. Simply spending time in his presence every day in life, in every moment, being aware of his presence. We sung that just now, didn't we, about Holy Spirit making us more aware of his presence all the time, right? He is the one that changes us from the inside, and he wants us to be like him, to be holy.
So he will make that happen as we surrender and as we obey him and we trust him and we trust the process mm. of bearing and growing fruit. Yes. We can be aware of his presence all the time and we can be praying in the spirit all the time. You know, Ephesians talks about that, Ephesians 6. We are to be in close connection with him all Amen. the time. Amen. So this is how we can sincerely love each other deeply and how we can live in peace and be kind to one another and to slow drivers and annoying people. <laughs> and it's by trusting the process that we will bear good fruit. <laughs> so it is for my family's benefit that I spend time and be well connected with God so that when I'm tired and when I'm stressed out and when I'm hormonal and when I'm processing an ang you know, anger, an angry situation, and when I'm squeezed, good things are going to come out of me. And I am just going to just share another like, quick story. So there was a, there's been two incidents. Okay, so last couple of weeks, it's tax season. I'm stressed. I'm tired. You know, perimenopausal, all that. Blah, 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 you just want to fight the world and stuff like that. Okay, so there have been two incidences. One with my neighbour, which I will spare you from because that was silly. But one, a serious incident that happened in my networking group. And this person said some really unkind and really... <coughs> potentially damaging mark, uh, remarks that would damage my professional reputation. Mm. Um, it was completely like uncalled for. Uh, it's been dealt with, but the fact is, and, and this person that said it should have been held to a higher standard given their position that they were in in my networking group. And I'm absolutely mad with her. So, so mad. Like, really mad in my head. And it's just like, what am I going to do? So I never want to speak to this woman again. I want to let her tires down. I want to, you know, just do like, oh, sorry. <laughs> really, really mad with her. And um, like, and so these other guys, like, you know, we lead the group, and he's Christian, and he's like, yeah, we just got, you know, just be Christ-like to her and just forgive and just, you know, trust. <laughs> you know, and he was that person, was like, oh, yeah, you're so goody two-shoes. And it's like, right now I want to let her tyres down. And, um, <laughs> just like, and it wouldn't go away. And I knew it was wrong and I didn't want to feel like that, but I just couldn't help it. It was just there. And I just, you know, I was ashamed of it. And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, it's like, you know, that's not godly behaviour and that's not a demonstration to the like the Christians in this group as well. Mm. You know, if I'm gonna I don't know, like bad things are gonna squeeze out of my mouth and you know, they're gonna learn that you know, I'm angry with her and, you know, I don't wanna forgive her, I'm really mad at her, I never wanna speak to her again. I can't even look her in the face and stuff like that. It was really bad and I was thinking, why am I like this? And um, you know, and I prayed, it's like, God, please forgive me, please help me. You know, I need to be kind, I need to be gentle, you know, I need to be patient with her, I need to do all of these things. And he just wasn't coming. And it's just like, God said to me, it's like, you need to, you know, you need a God bath. So that means like, I need to spend time, a lot of time in his presence, just soaking. Because it's like, I couldn't undo what was going on in my head. I needed something supernatural to happen. I needed, you know, I needed fruit to grow so that I could deal with this woman. And, you know, I'm really glad to say, I saw her Friday night and we hugged. And, um, you know, when you're squeezed, what's inside of you comes out. Amen. So, you know, let's trust the God, trust, sorry, trust the process with God. So, in closing, I just want to pray for anybody that beats themselves up when they get things wrong. Um, you know, I know sometimes, like, you know, when we get things wrong with God, like Adam and Eve, we want to hide. 
you know, or sometimes we know oh, if he'll, he forgives us, we know that we're forgiven by him, but we find it really hard to forgive ourselves. Um, so I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, actually. I'm just going to pray over us with that, if that's okay. Father, I thank you that you are for us. I thank you that you have passed the test for us and there is nothing for us to do. I thank you that you have covered us in everything. And I thank you that you want us to do well. You call us to be holy as you are holy. And I pray that, firstly, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to convict us, you know, of relationships and conversations, things that we say, habits that we do that are not right, that is not like showing evidence of your fruit. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring it to mind, you know. And I pray that we would have friendships with one another where we could gently do that to one another and not feel crushed or embarrassed. Lord, we know that it's really important for us to be together, you know, to stand together, you know, to love one another deeply and sincerely from the heart. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray as a church that you would take us to that place where we would grow not only in relationship and connection with you, but in relationship and connection with one another, and that we would seek to do our best for one another. You know, that we would spend time in your presence and grow and bear the fruit, you know, that, that, that we would be a benefit to one another, that we would be an encouragement and a blessing to one another. And pray that you would take our relationships and our friendships so that we can, you know, pull one another up in love when we need to. And Holy Spirit, I ask that anybody that really beats themselves up for when they get things wrong and feel like a failure and disqualify themselves or just want to hide and run from you, or find it really hard to forgive themselves. Holy Spirit, I just pray that they would receive such an intense download of your love and your truth and the truth that brings freedom so that they can be free from that. So that they can be free to love you and to be loved by you and to love others. We just surrender ourselves to you. God, have your way with us. Lord, we want to grow. We want to grow closer to you. We want to grow as a church, as a family. We want to have an impact on the area that we live in. We want to have an impact on our colleagues, our relationships at home, our families, you know, in everything that we do. And we trust you, Jesus, that as we spend time with you, good things are going to happen. You're amazing and we love you and we trust you. Amen. Amen.